0: Every morning, I do three of these daily shots, one on each of Pittsburgh's teams. And the order changes, meaning the order in which they're recorded and produced every day, because I always go first with the one that I think, for whatever reason, will be the most challenging. Well, your favorite hockey team just took that approach as well. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins and it comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll also check out. The Penguins got the hardest one out of the way first. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Brian Rust signs a six-year extension worth $30.75 million. That basically puts him at a little bit over $5 million for the average annual value on the cap hit. And that is a wonderful deal for the team, for the player, for the city, but also for getting the hardest one out of the way. But first, let's address the player because it was... Rust, who had told us last week at the Locker Cleanout Day in Cranberry, that he was looking for just something that's fair. He wasn't looking to rip anybody off or blow the market out of the water. He he was just looking for something that he felt compensated him for what he means to the team. And he did kind of throw in there, parenthetically, that he played for below market value before that. So here was Rust yesterday and meeting virtually with reporters to talk about the actual extension. There's things you may sacrifice. Uh, obviously conversations between my agent and I about what could possibly uh, be out there and um, where and all that stuff and logistics well, those conversations that were had. But I think where we came to a settling point was definitely uh, somewhere where we could be, Happy with the deal that could be done. Obviously, who knows what else could have been out there. But we're definitely um, we can definitely be happy with uh, the deal that was done, and we couldn't be happier that how we're staying in Pittsburgh. There it was. Call it a hometown discount. Call it whatever it is that you want. But rust is, as Ron Hextall uh, pretty elegantly worded it over the weekend, everything that it means to be. A Pittsburgh Penguin. Rusty is all of those things. And I'll go way past what you see on the ice because I see a lot of the work that he does off the ice uh, with charities in the community right there outside the locker room. This was pre-COVID times. Win or lose, Rusty was out there with a certain designated family that was brought in to watch the game. Uh, meeting with them, even if it was the toughest game, even if he'd gotten the snot knocked out of him. He was out there, he'd put on a smile and do what uh, he felt was the right thing to do in that situation. Just a good, good person in addition to being a good, good hockey player. But this, this move also happens to be, from the team perspective, a good, good Go after Rust first. See how it goes. Now, according to Rust, he first heard from Hextall and management last Friday. Things began to accelerate. He had to take some time off Saturday to do the right dad thing on his son's birthday. And then everything just got back together again and got done very quickly. And while it's absolutely imperative to understand that the Penguins' real priority in signing Brian Rust was to, you know, sign Brian Rust. By having him done first, they now can go to the rest, particularly the two core guys, and say to Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang, "Look at what Rusty just did. Look at what Sid's going to be playing for for the next three years. How much do you value?" what we have here in Pittsburgh, how much do you value having each other as teammates or line mates or defense partners or just friends? How much do you value specifically Gino and Letang the opportunity to win potentially a fourth championship with the same core group, something that would put you into categories that haven't been seen since the 1950s Montreal Canadiens. Mind you, I'm not sitting here making those predictions. I'm positing what Hextall and the team might put forth to these guys now. Look what they just did. Look what they're doing. Let's do the same thing that we just did with Rust, which is to sit down and have a very candid and honest conversation about where both of us are meaning the team and the player meaning the team's cap space and the player's status within their stage of the career and let's really work something out here it won't be easy to keep everyone and by everyone i'm very much including ricard raquel as well as other lesser free agents or restricted free agents by my estimate after signing Rust the penguins are left with around 18 million in cap space for the coming season and yeah <laughs> you see what i mean as soon as you commit to Latang now you're down to 10 and you pay Malkin and you're where do you see what i'm saying no there can be other moves i think there have to be other moves that are made in order to free up even more space And I'm of the passionate belief that any reductions, most of the reductions, have to happen on the blue line, which remains the NHL's highest paid, despite being nowhere near the league's best. But regardless, getting Rust done at that rate, over that length of time, look, if by the time he's 36 years old, he's not the fastest player on your team, and right now he's the second fastest on this team behind Kasperi Kapanen, he'll still have plenty to give. He'll still have so many different things that he can do. This is part of uh, the beauty of the Rust story is that he worked his way up from minor league grinder to NHL-exclusive grinder to the point where he made himself an elite grinder and penalty killer, and then eventually just a no-brainer, first-liner, first first power play guy. If he were to regress from a production standpoint, he still brings you more than enough value that he's not hurting you. But also, you know, in the shorter term, it helps to have one of the most effective five-on-five lines in hockey kept intact now (laughs) good luck with the rest i mean at least at least i thought it didn't look as hard as this maybe it is when we come back just one question Today's J1Q comes from Jim, who asks, so with the signing of Rust and the fact that we're ending the month of May still with Ron Hextall as the GM, that makes me think he's going to be around for a while, right? I mean, if the Fenway Sports Group was going to release Hextall, I believe they would have pulled that trigger sooner rather than later, A new GM would need time to get up to speed on contracts and everything else. Yes, Jim, I'm with you. You're completely correct. I believe, and I've had every indication to this effect since season's end and have been saying so, in any business, large or small, the last thing that an employer or an owner wants is for a person they don't trust to be managing the money while they try to figure stuff out. And that goes double for a situation that's as pivotal as this one is toward the franchise's future. This is, as I've been saying, the off season. This one isn't just going to determine how next season goes. It's going to determine the outlook for the next three. And if, Tom Werner or anyone at FSG thought to themselves, man, this Hextall, I just don't know about this guy. Then I would think you would have at least gotten some sort of inkling somehow, somewhere that they'd become involved themselves in the negotiating. Remember, that was a question that was posed to me on J1Q last week, which is, do you think FSG will get involved in these Extensions and my response at the time was, if they do, you know, you're going to know that the GM's in trouble. Well, now we have two different cases of the Penguins' potential free agents telling us publicly that the only person they dealt with in these talks has been Hextall. And that, as I was mentioning last week on the show, is how this works. There are not multiple point men. Actually, there aren't multiple point men on either side. It's not the player on the player's side. It's one person. It's the agent. There's an agent, and then there's a GM. Unless you're a really low-level player, you might be dealing with someone like the director of hockey operations or developments or whatever. But when it's the NHL, it's the agent and the GM. And this GM just executed a very good contract. For the Pittsburgh Penguins. And let's not lose sight of the fact that that also, in and of itself, can be seen as a feather in Hextall's cap in the eyes of FSG. So, do I believe that we are past the point of seeing any changes at all in the front office or coaching staff? No, no, I I don't believe that. I've yet to see or hear a blessed thing about Brian Burke since the season ended, and that's not exactly like him, although he's not going to speak before Hextall does. Once Burke speaks, I think then you're going to have a clear vision as to whether or not he'll be around for a longer term. And although I'm a 1,000% confident in Sullivan being back, you know, you just don't know about the assistant coaches. That tends to come with more meetings and more reflection and more dialogue between the head coach and the people over his head, the only thing I'll say on that front is that you should remember that this coaching staff was hired by Jim Rutherford. And when I say that, I mean by Rutherford as opposed to by the head coach. Now, every sense I've gotten is that they get along great, they support each other, et cetera, et cetera. But you never know. You never know. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. And before we go today, I want to thank everybody who noticed that I wasn't exactly on top of my game the last couple of shows last week. Uh, I did not uh, feel all that great for a while. I I kicked it over the weekend. I'm feeling 100% now. Even if it might not completely sound like it, I feel that way. And I am grateful For uh, anyone who was kind enough to send along uh, a little note expressing concern, I'm 100% fine. We will do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.